0: live from the parent nation studios it's parent nation with tara kennedy klein the internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents shaken and stirred up with a twist from america's family advocate tara kennedy klein
1: yeah well i got a news flash for you folks the problem with kids is parents Excuse me, Cheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. <laughs> I'm serious. It's time to put the F-word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens?
0: I don't understand. And now here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent
1: Nation! Welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How are you?
2: July. What's that? Happy Fourth of July.
1: Happy Fourth of July. (laughs) I I (laughs) feel like America. Merca. We should be blowing shit up, right? Why? I don't know. because that's what you do on the Fourth of July. People blow shit up. It's night. Yeah. It's ridiculous. My dogs hate this time of year. Oh, mine too. It's craziness. Mm-hmm. And people don't even do pretty fireworks anymore. Right. They just do loud ones. Just, but yeah, people were throwing quarter sticks of dynamite in my backyard for two yeah. days. What the hell is that? I don't know. How is that the 4th of July? I don't understand. I guess it's supposed to represent the revolution. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be sitting in here drinking my tea, bitches. <laughs> However, I like it. We'll show you. Yeah. Damn it. So yeah, it was a great. Yes, we were. Um, we were gone for the last week.
2: Yes. We were in we were in Saint John. Mm-hmm. We were all jealous here at home. Oh. Look at your pictures it was so lovely mm,
1: I I'm not going to lie yeah I'm not worried about making people feel bad either no I wouldn't yeah it took us four years to get that trip to go yeah. on that trip you know and it's so funny because people are like ugh ugh, ugh you go to a tropical island it's like yeah it took us four freaking years to get there so shut it <laughs> You know, it's like one week in paradise. And I got to tell you, Kelly, those the things that they I should be a travel planner Ooh. For, for parents. Yeah. <clears throat> because it's it's um it, when they say take twice as much money and half half the amount of clothes. They're yes. not kidding. <laughs> I bet. It's like you wear one bathing suit the entire time you're there. You take an old ratty T-shirt, maybe one nice outfit for one nice dinner, because that's all Bob Cratchit can afford. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the rest of the time you're, like, eating on at those little beach cafes along the side of the road, and they have the best damn food anyway. Right. You know, it's like, ugh. And I drink more than I eat when I'm on vacation anyway. Mm. Well. So... As long as I can find happy hours I'm a good I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy girl happy hour yeah.
2: happy girl. Ah.
1: but it was beautiful the water was beautiful and you know it's one of those places where you're not allowed to flush paper oh yeah and like if you pee you're not supposed to flush it
2: really like ever?
1: Yes. yeah they they have big signs in what? the bathrooms so what happens
2: if you pee you just let it sit there Till when? Till someone poops. Oh, well, you know, I got to admit, I, I do that when I'm home alone. I'll pee like four or five times and then I'll flush. Or really? When, or when I poop, I'll flush, yes.
1: I ad- I to have to why. admit, it's one of those things that I am having a hard time getting out of the habit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's weird now because like I'll go to the bathroom and then I'll leave it and my kids will go in there and be like, mom, (laughs) you don't have your own bathroom. Well, yeah, but we use the, there's the downstairs bathroom that everybody uses. Okay. So we just have one floor and then, you know, it's that one time of the day where everybody has to use the bathroom at the same time. Oh, sure. So inevitably someone goes in my bathroom.
2: Sure. Right. Yeah, I only do it when I'm home by myself. Really? Yeah. And I would I would never pee on top of someone else's pee, ever. This
1: is the best conversation ever, isn't it? I freaking love this. I had so many things in mind. Let's just talk about bodily functions instead. Fantastic. It, but it's true. I mean, it really... Do you know what it is to me, Kelly... It's one tiny example of a thing that we do all the time that if we just gave it a little bit of thought we could be doing so much good for our planet right Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like it I, I don't know like what it's just to me now it's just common sense why would you want all that paper and and all of that water being cleaned and bleached and put back into your water supply, you know, working for a municipality, you know, now that I'm in local government, I, I know things that I didn't think I, I gave a shit about Mm -hmm. true story. And one of the things that I'm learning about is I get a weekly report on our water and sewer plants operations. Okay. Right. And you don't realize how much. How much pardon the pun, but how much crap we're putting into <laughs> <laughs> our our water supplies and it's just amazing to me like those wipes
0: yeah those, those
1: wipes that adults use that are that should be for babies but you should be using a washcloth anyway but those wipes that you flush down the toilet do you understand what they're doing to our water supply and our planet they're horrible they're they horrible they don't disintegrate right No, no, they don't. Not for a very, very, very long time. And then they get clogged up. And, you know, it's like, we're just so... I don't know. Human beings are so dirty and and consumptive and gross. And it's just bizarre to me. Like, they don't recycle. They don't recycle on St. John or on the island. And that, that bothered the hell out of me. Oh, yes. Like, I wanted to do that myself. But... Putting sunscreen on and swimming in a reef d- didn't even give that a second thought, mm. you know? Wow. So there we were walking around the stores trying to find reef-safe sunscreen, sunblock. Because do they have it? They do. Okay. And, you know, they usually only sell it on the islands. You can't find it in, like, your local Walmart unless you're in an area that has clean water and they want to protect it. Hmm. Otherwise Have at it Is it mandatory to use it over there? Uh, some places it is Okay. You know what's funny In the US territories it's not Go okay. figure yes. But if you go to like Mexico Or Brazil Or places like that Then yes Then they're like Don't, don't kill our stuff <laughs> You came here to see it because it's beautiful Don't kill it with your sunblock you know, if you can't handle the sun, put on a shirt.
2: <laughs> Those are the signs, huh? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty funny. It's funny that the things they do protect and the things they don't. And right. same here in the United States.
1: And it, OK, so like when we were on the one boat, we went on Bad Kitty. And I have to give them a shout out because they were amazing They took us to a bunch of different islands and they took us snorkeling. The best snorkeling we did was with Bad Kitty and their crew. They were awesome. Um, But the thing that bothered them, like we were talking about things that bother us. Okay. And um, so we were talking about the toilet paper thing. And then the girl was like, you know what I can't stand about resorts is the amount of ice that you throw into trash cans. And I'm like, why do you care? And she's like, ice, water should go back into water. Like, do you know how precious clean water is on this island? Because they have to use desalinization units and all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you are basically throwing away clean water. That makes me insane.
2: Never thought of it. Really? Oh, oh, don't get me started. If there's a half a bottle of water around here, or like my daughter's got three of them left in her room that she won't drink again... Go water a plant with it. You're not dumping that water.
1: Exactly. You, outside,
2: you water the bo- the rose bushes.
1: <laughs> yes. So. Exactly. That's the kind of stuff that when you are on an on 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 an island where things aren't plentiful, you know what I mean. Where th- everything has to be shipped in there unless it's grown there or created there. Mm-hmm. And it's like you you start to really realize. How gluttonous we are. Yes. It's so bizarre. And I was, uh, yeah. So it's one of those things where I came back relaxed and happy. And at the same time, kind of like, uh, what am I going to do differently now?
2: You know? Right. All, all we can really do is start with, you know, within our families, start yeah. you know doing the best we can conserve. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what but they don't, you don't have? Should... have Maybe you should start a movement in your city, and I'll movement you flush those. <laughs> no,
1: what, what 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 do you mean? What kind well, of a movement?
2: Um, you know, wait for th- you know three in three P's and flush or something like that. Yeah. What did yeah. they say? in meet the fuckers. <laughs>
1: meet the fuckers oh. was um. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start doing that. That's funny. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things. One thing that we noticed, and my kids survived it. This is shocking. There's no fast food restaurants on the islands. Ooh. Yeah, not one. But restaurants. Sure, you could you would stop like you could stop at a um at a at a side cafe along the street okay. and there were people making really good fresh food in the kitchen mm-hmm. and but there weren't Arby's and Burger King and Wendy's and all that stuff no. No.
2: Hmm, So you get some good island food. Did you have anything that you've never eaten before? I eat a lot, so no. <laughs> No.
1: But my favorite is conch. What's that? Is it a fish? It is it's like a yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Is it's the it's the snail thing. Oh. You know those big conch shells that they blow? Oh, okay. I've seen yeah. them on SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gary, I hate Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, come home. Yeah, I ate the there was well as luck would have it when we got there they were doing their big um carnival. Carnival? Yeah. And the day that day after we got there was the start of their food festival. So we got to try all kinds of crazy good food.
2: Oh, wow. So, so the do they, they have like a, a set up year round or do they set up for the kind of
1: Well, the carnival was in a park. Well, St. John, like 75% of the island of St. John is a national park. Oh. Yeah. Know. It was owned by Rockefeller. And then he, um, so he sold it to, or basically gave it to the state as a park. Oh. And yeah. So it's, it's beautiful. It's all maintained and highly guarded and beautiful. And that's what I love about it. You know, you can't, you're, you don't see tons of houses all over the place because it's parkland. You can't build on it. Mm. If you were grandfathered in, you know, if you had property before that all happened, then you get got to keep your property. But it's funny because they're like little Gilligan's Island shacks and stuff. Oh, are they really? Yeah. And then you'll <laughs> have the one part of the island that that's not park, and it's all like billionaires like Kenny Chesney has a house there and you know whatever um who's the guy who owns Virgin oh I, I know I mean I forget yeah. his name but him, Rick, Rick, Richard Branson right yeah he has a he has his his little yacht was out on the water when we were out oh, oh yeah. to be rich mm-hmm yeah So, and we passed by some really beautiful, but we were in the, we were in the British Virgin Islands too, which the drinking age there is 16. Oh. So let me tell you, why do they not have a problem? Why is the drinking age in the United States 21? But you go to, so in St. John, which is a U.S. Virgin Islands territory, U.S. territory, it's 18, And then go to BVI, British Virgin Islands, and it's 16. Hmm. I, you know, I didn't see teenagers falling off the sides of boats and vomiting in the streets. Like, it wasn't crazy. There were more crazy adults driving around the islands than anything.
2: Right. Do you think it's one of those things where if you're not allowed to do it, you want to do it more? But if Mm -hmm. you are allowed, if you are allowed, you do it uh, more in moderation?
1: I, I believe so. Hmm. Oh, I'm hearing an echo, too. Yeah, I do hear that now. I, somebody asked me if I heard an echo, and I do. Um, so, yes, and I also found that um, if it wasn't a big deal, my kids were like, eh, I could do without it. Right. No thanks. But if it was a challenge, then they were like, yeah, let's try it. Right. But if it was allowed, they, they were like, eh, I'm good, Thanks. <laughs> I'd rather be the responsible one and drive home. And that's why I'm not afraid of the next generation. People are so afraid of the next generation. I'm not scared. Oh, that's good. I think that they're better off than we are. I, oh. It's so funny because I got there was a post on Facebook. One of my friends was at a Disney resort and there was a woman laying face down in a bikini with her babies in a stroller in front of her. So like blocking the view from the front of her. She was reading a book, and she had untied her bathing suit top. Okay. And she had her bathing suit bottom on. And this guy was flipping shit because there's a woman half naked at a Disney resort sunbathing. And I'm like, dude, really? Like, this is what you care about? (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, you should be down here in the Virgin Islands. There's a guy next to me with a banana hammock on. Oh. Like, the nastiest thing ever, but nobody's going to say shit to him. No. Oh, God, people need to get their priorities straight. We bitch too much. Yeah. But the teenagers don't care. My teenage <laughs> son was like, Mom, you could wear a bikini. You'd look good. You'd look like that woman over there. And I'm like, buddy, she's pregnant.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: Oh, our teenagers. You gotta love them. I know it. I'm excited. We're going to be talking to, uh, we're going to be talking about teenagers today a lot. Yes. I'm going to be talking to Russell Irving about his book. Teens improve your life. I'm excited about that one because my teens really need to figure out how to improve their lives. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then we're also, well, after this first break, we're going to be talking to Arya Craig. Yay, I'm excited. The Single Mother Diaries. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about single momdom, And, no. um, yeah, a lot of single moms where we were. Really? Um, yeah. It's a big thing, and I don't know why. And I'd like oh. to find out more about that. I'd like to get her take on that.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. I think we need
1: to, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling weird about the whole subject lately, the huh. whole the whole relationship thing. I I don't know. I don't think we're doing good things for relationships, and I think relationships are good things. So I'm I'm curious. I want to talk to her about that when we come yeah. back from the break. But yeah, I'm excited about our guests, and I'm excited to be going on sabbatical and taking a break for the summer. Yeah, and, uh, and dealing with my teens, and that's Summertime. what it is. Sure. Summertime. So, hammer time. Hammer time. We're going to go to break, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: And we're taking care of business with the work of these sponsors.
3: Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.
4: Heard never heard. Here's some fun facts about noses and ears I'll bet you didn't know. Did you know your ears secrete more earwax when you're afraid than when you aren't? And generally people with asthma have better hearing than those who don't. Now here's a word for you. When someone gets their ears pierced, they're actually piercing their pinna. The pinna is the fleshy part of the earlobe. Did you know it's possible to sneeze so hard you can break a rib? That happened to my husband's secretary once. And according to research, you'll blow your nose 250 times this year. Scientists have also determined that the smell in your right nostril is more pleasant, while the smell in your left nostril is more accurate. By the way, twice as many men as women can wiggle their ears. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for my first guest today because I... well, obviously, we do have a large number of single parents, and the number continues to grow. And um, you know, ever since Murphy Brown made it popular back in the '80s, mm-hmm. it's we've just been uh, we've just been growing in numbers. And um, so, my first guest, Aria Craig, is the author of the Single Mother Diaries, and um, she's an empowerment and leadership strategist, and she works with. Um, single parents, divorced parents, partially blended families to develop leadership strategies and basically help them transform their parenting, their relationships and their career and personal development goals. And I'm so excited to have you here with us today. How are you, Aria? Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm great. Great. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. We just, um, I was talking to Kelly at the beginning of the show. We took a break last week because I was in the islands and um, it, it was kind of, a, well, it was an interesting dynamic, Arya, because the people that we were traveling with all seemed to be traveling in couples, but the people who were native to the island, there was a very, very noticeably large number of single moms. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was it was kind of interesting to me because um, uh, I I feel like the number is growing and I'm not sure why. Okay, I feel like the number of single moms is increasing and part of it feels like women's empowerment and um, and part of it feels like um, almost a control issue. A women's control issue. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
5: Uh, I agree to uh, to an extent. Uh, a lot. Of what I've noticed with single moms and just uh, interviewing with them and speaking with them about their goals and uh, what the reason, actually, why they are uh, single parents has is kind of twofold. Uh, one of them can be one of the reasons is possibly you know because of the empowerment. You know, they can't find maybe a suitable. Uh, husband or partner. So what they want, a lot of them are getting older and they want to have a child. So, you know, there's just a nurturing thing that we have as women. We we want to have children. And it's almost like it's something that kind of completes us without saying a man is going to complete us. We have our child that's going to con- continue our, uh, our generations uh, through our family. So that's one reason. And another reason could also be because, you know, when you're if you're not married or even women who have been married and divorced, they are considered, considered single parent parents also. So when you have a a woman who is not married and has a child or she's been, she's divorced and she has a child or children and the father kind of just goes his separate way. That's also, they didn't ask to be in that situation. So that's Mm -hmm. also part of that, the dynamic structure that I'm seeing.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's, I'm noticing a lot of, one of the big phrases that I hear a lot of now is if someone isn't making you happy, make yourself happy. Right. Um, you know, and part of me, it's kind of weird because I've been spending a lot of time traveling with my own kids recently. And we've been going to places where kids can't be connected to devices because there's no internet, which by the way, is the scariest shit you've ever seen sometimes. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm noticing is we are raising a generation of kids who don't have resilience when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. And that scares me because I'm thinking if we're putting into their heads on one side, if someone's not making you happy, then run, run for the hills as fast as you can. And we're also raising a generation of kids who don't know how to deal with adversity and don't have relationship resilience. Are we not creating a culture of like asexual beings?
5: Right, and, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a good uh, start to this conversation too. Um, one of the things that I was looking I was looking at I think it was the View or some other talk show a couple of days ago, and they were talking about how you know you. People nowadays, even adults, can't seem to tie themselves away from social media and their phones and they did this experiment with even with these teenagers like, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, in terms of, of being when a child is grounded, one of the things that we do is we take away privileges and the phone is the first thing to go and children do not know how to separate themselves from their phones. Mm-hmm. So and, and there are other uh, electronical devices, electrical devices. So it's, the thing is, it's is very sad because when we were raised growing up, we we interacted with each other. We had this this uh, social network that wasn't tied to electronics. So, you know, we would go out we would play. We would jump double dutch, ride our bikes, you know, <laughs> go to the, uh, the park, you know, because there, there, that's all we knew how to do. So now it's just everything is you know, and even with uh, Facebook, Facebook Live, you have uh, Periscope. Everybody's connected. Snapchat. Everybody's connected to their phone, and nobody knows how to build those authentic relationships and have that social connection without having that device tied to them. So I think that that is is and this is also also a problem when you're teaching them how to have and grow and network when they become older, because you know when you're growing up and you become an adult and you're, you're going to interviews and you're trying to build teams when you're at, at a job, that's a problem because you really don't know how to do that. And it's not mm-hmm. like it's taught that much in school unless you have a specific um, class to where all they do is they have, they build teams. Right. So yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's what we're actually what we're doing. We're building that type of a generation. It's
1: kind of amazing. And you, I mean, you were raised by a single mom. My mom was, you know, she was single on and off. Uh, Like, you know, my stepdad wasn't around a whole lot. So, you know, I basically considered her a single mom for most of my life. But I didn't, uh, because of that situation, I wanted the opposite for my family dynamic. Are you seeing that or can you relate to that? Is that part of what your book series is about?
5: Yeah, and that's what I do with my son also. Because uh, for me, it's more about you have to have that as part of your development, your personal development. And then it kind of emerges into your professional development also. It's it, 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 it's one of those things, even when uh, when I was raising my son, you have to have that. And it creates a confidence, you know, that level of confidence and that level of I know that I can uh Build these types of relationships and have these interpersonal skills which are which is part of leadership, driving leadership. It's not really so much of innovation which is the, the electrical electronical electronic uh, side of it, but the, the building that leadership to have that confidence, those that soft skills, those soft mm-hmm. skills that we don't have. Uh, That's one of the things that I put in my book, and I kind of dissected a little bit going into different things from, you know, when you're raising your child, when your your child is young or small, and as they get older, certain things that you need to look for in them and certain things that you need to help them grow and build, because they don't know how to do that. So as a parent, you need to look for that in them and help them to uh, really build on those strengths.
1: Exactly. I know one of my favorite chapters in the book was the one about um, chapter 10, be, in, be the example, mm-hmm. basically. And it's I, I do agree that my mom showed me a level of tenacity and taught me a level of tenacity that I never would have gotten— had I not seen her do so much on her own. And, you know, if she failed, she got right back up and she kept plugging away. And, you know, she taught me how to do things that are, you know, back in the 70s, that was, they were typical male things, you know, Mm -hmm. like taking care of your car and, you know, stuff like that. And so, yes, I did. I can say that from my mom, I learned a certain level of, stick-to-itiveness, grit, Mm -hmm. um, and resilience. And, and yet when I see my relationship with my husband, my kids, my kids are seeing us get over some pretty serious hurdles. And so they're learning that kind of resilience and they're learning patience and, and how to kind of lean on another person when you're maybe not at your best. Yes, And I think that's one thing that kind of hurts me when I see the trend of single parenting. And I'm not talking about circumstance where, you know, beyond your control, I'm talking about the choice to be a single parent. When I'm seeing that trend growing, part of me thinks, are we teaching kids that they must take on too much, that they can't rely on another person, that they're not allowed to to lean on somebody else for support? And that concerns me.
5: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? um, Two things uh, that you mentioned. One thing going to the last point that you that you mentioned first, uh, one of the things that I've noticed for women who decide to be single parents, I'm kind of on the fence with that. I, I understand and I get it when you're you know, like I said before, when you're getting older, and you really want to have that child. And you can't find, uh, you know, you have not been able to attract that mate that you want, but you still want to have that child. But at the same time, it's so unfair to the child because the child is going to grow out without having that parent. They're going to be in those uh, those those environments around other children where their parent, both of their parents are going to be picking them up. And maybe they're around their father and their father is picking them up and they're going to like, you know, where's your dad? You know, so those <laughs> those tough conversations are gonna come yeah. up and then there's gonna be resentment like, okay, what happened as they get older and they understand what happened to where I don't have my father, it's just me and you, I don't understand that. And every child, whether it's a, a, a girl or a boy, a daughter or a son, needs their father for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So you had that part and then when you speaking to what you mentioned earlier, I was just talking to my husband yesterday about our family dynamic when we were growing up. My, uh, We lived, even though my mom was single, we lived with my grandparents. So, But my grandfather was very, my grandmother and grandfather, particularly him, were very strict about making sure that we understood responsibility. So not in this day and age, you don't have that. But I told him, you got to think about when we were younger, uh, we had school. And when we came home, I know uh, my son's classes are different for him. When he comes home, he doesn't have as much homework and he's a junior now. So I told him when we were younger, we had tons of homework. I mean, I was bringing like books home from every subject, doing homework, and then I had to have. Then I had my chores. So we had to do dishes. My sister and I did dishes. Uh, we we raked the leaves. My grandfather would mow the lawn because he had long hours. So he was coming home late in the day. So we we had to. to um, empty the trash, clean the bathrooms, clean the basement. You know, we had all these chores that we had to do and had them completed by the end of the week. As we where now, kids don't have all that. Mm-hmm. They just, like, they don't understand responsibility. And now my son, because I taught him that, when, that's what I know. When he, when he became, um, when he went to middle school, I started increasing his level of chores. So if they get too much, if I saw that his grades were suffering or something of that sort, we would sit down and have a talk and I'd say, are you stressed out? What's going on? Because he he has also these uh, after school activities and Mm. uh, he has these athletic activities. So I told him, let's talk about what's going on so we can figure out why your grades are suffering. So that's when I would have that conversation and probably takes, you know, decreases level of chores or amount of chores or something of that sort. But children don't have that nowadays, you know, they... They don't, you know, and I do notice also for uh, children that are like the teens that are juniors and seniors. Right now, their minds are on, I have to work. I -hmm. have to get a job because they're they're aware of what's going on in the economy also. I have to get a job and or maybe what's going on in their home when their parents, you have the one single parent maybe laid off, can't find a job. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I I have to work because I don't want to be in this situation.
1: Crazy, right? Yeah. It's like, we had, we got a job when we were 15, 16 years old, but it was on the weekends. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like now kids, I don't know if it's because kids are seeing that their parents are, are working so hard and the things that they want are so much more expensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't have to worry about paying for our own cell phone bills. Let's face it. And you know, it's like, it, it's a, it's a totally different, you're, you're creating a totally different level of responsibility for your kids that, I don't know that I, I don't know that they're, they're ready to handle. It's, it's an amazing thing. I mean, mom's doing it for themselves. God bless them. I, you know, I lived through it. I learned a lot from it. And, um, it's, it's one of those things where if you have the opportunity to, if there is a, a co-parent in that child's life, and it's a matter of, you just can't deal with that person as a partner, understand that that person is still a parent. And exactly. that. Wow, You know, that's, that's huge. So where can our, um, where can parent nation get a hold of your book?
5: Uh, right now the book is on Amazon. It's on Amazon. So you can, anybody can go through Amazon and purchase the book. Uh, and actually I'll be at, I'm going to different book fairs. So I, I just re I'm going through a remodeling and a reconstruction of my website, but what I normally would do is put on my website where I'm going to be. And I sell books there so this not this Saturday but the next Saturday I will be at the Chicago the Soulful Chicago Book Fair selling books also. So if anyone is in, in the Chicago area, uh flying in that weekend, uh I will be there.
1: That's awesome. And you have you also have two more coming out. Yes. The one that's out right now is volume
5: 1. So you have volume 2 and 3 coming out. What will they be covering? Uh the second book will be covering uh it's more so the professional development side so tips on being business savvy uh in the corporate world or as an entrepreneur so i have even in that book i am is that the part to where it's being edited now and hopefully will be out by the end of the fall uh that's more so on uh you know leadership like i said leadership development and i have coaching questions at the end of that at the end of each section of the book the third one is on finding love because i was a single parent until my son was 12 and got married So my husband and I will be married for five years in November. So, yeah, so that's that dynamic with that, um, the the blended family household, because he was married before for almost 18 years, and then he was divorced. So I see all sides. I wear all hats.
1: That's awesome. So
5: there's something for everybody. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Aria. This was
1: wonderful. I enjoyed talking with you so much today. And when we come back from, sure thing, when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking to Russ Irving about teenagers. We'll
0: be right back with more Parenting with a Twist.
3: From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying, to 14 ways to get a baby to eat, and so much more. It's baby and toddler instructions with Bly Flipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: One of the best ways to prevent injuries while exercising is by warming up first. Most of us are in a hurry, and it can be tempting to skip your warm-up and get right into your workout. But don't do it. Warming up is vital and necessary. Taking five to 10 minutes to get your body prepared for a good workout is well worth it. If you're going for a run or a brisk walk, walk slowly first and increase your speed so that your heart rate is rising. Even if you're doing a weight workout only, it's important to warm up for at least five minutes on the treadmill or just by walking around. Warming up gets the blood flowing to your muscles, heart, and joints and prepares them for a good workout. Mentally, it gets you focused on what is ahead, whether it is running, biking, lifting weights, or another mode of exercise. So don't skip your warm-up. It's an essential part of every workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents.
1: Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer.
0: Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now,
3: back to the show.
1: Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am being joined now by uh, author Russ Irving. He wrote the book, Teens, Improve Your Life, Don't Overlook the Obvious. And Russ's experience has been through years of human services working with diverse populations. Um, he's a counselor for substance abusers. Um, he does group work. He has a health, He's a health and sexuality advisor for adolescent girls. And he's also the manager of a group home that's serving as a pilot program for emotionally troubled and developmentally challenged adolescent boys. So he has a great deal of experience in this arena. And as well as what's going on in the minds of teens today we keep saying that it's such a different world than what we grew up in so I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that how are you doing today Russ
7: I'm doing just fine Tara thank you so much for inviting me on
1: absolutely absolutely I am currently raising three teen boys (sighs) I needed to take a break (laughs) and process that for a second
7: (laughs) (laughs) how close in age are they Tara
1: they're fifteen, uh, 15 16 and seventeen. All right. Yeah, and uh, two of them are going away, uh, going into their senior year of high school next year, and um, so we're we're facing a lot of. My husband and I are facing a lot of things. Um, you know, the the middle teen is not our son; he's living with us, and so it, it brings in a whole unique dynamic there. Um, because under our roof, not our not our biological child. So, you know, there's certain rules and things that are different for him, um, which kind of is, is, is a bit unique for my other two boys. Um, but it's, it's interesting because the things that I hear on social media, you would think, you know, if I were Chicken Little, I'd be losing my freaking mind right now. Um, (laughs) but yet it's not the same as what i'm actually seeing in real life
7: well well, obviously every family dynamic is going to be different tara as you know Mm -hmm. and that's part of of what i tackle in the book
1: it's yeah it's it's amazing to me we're um we live in a very small town And one of the things that we've been dealing with lately, recently over, well, since school let out, quite honestly, is a severe rash of vandalism in our town. And it's been going on for weeks now. And my first thought is, obviously, it's teenagers because their handwriting is legible with spray paint, (laughs) Um, although they can't spell, which... Also leads me to believe it's teenagers.
7: Yeah, Um, you'd be surprised how many adults can't spell Tara.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My thought is I I know for a fact that it's not my kids because, well, I watch my kids. Okay. Like I know where my kids are. And so I'm thinking people, people keep saying, oh, kids today, kids today. Is it really the kids, Russ, or is it the parents?
7: It's really a combination of both. One of the things that has changed over the years and those positions you mentioned are from bygone days, but I've had still much more experience in related areas over the years. As much as things have changed, things have stayed the same on some ends and gotten increasingly perhaps worse for parents and families. But let me explain. Kids nowadays are bombarded by sexual messages more than ever. The internet has opened up a whole new universes, both good and bad. The increase in the number of step families and single parents has led to an increase of problem behavior and problems for kids. So it's, it's both. So, for instance, when you ask, you know, is the problem the kids or the parents? Let me hit the parents first and I'll talk next about the kids. <laughs> One of the big things I see with parents out they're afraid. To parent you know very often you find single parents who have this great sense of guilt over the family and marriage breakup who decide that they they're free to say no to their children they don't want to disappoint their children um, they perhaps want to make their teenager their best friend because they have a limited social circle and no longer have a one-on-one spouse a similar mate to, to deal with um, So that's a huge issue. The other thing that I see with kids is kids find it very easy to manipulate parents more than ever. And parents allow it.
1: Mm. Now, one thing that I hear a lot, because I work with parents of mostly younger kids. Yeah. Um, So what I'm finding is there is this really weird dynamic shift of parents of toddlers believing that their toddlers are manipulating them but not realizing that their teens are.
7: Right. (laughs) Well, again, very often Parents don't want to say no to their teens, they hear horror stories of what some teens are involved in, drugs and promiscuity and and vandalism, and they feel that if, if they give in to every whim of their child, of their teenager, their teenager won't turn to bad behaviors, instead of realizing it's quite the opposite. By by not setting limits, and and here's a great example. Years ago when when I ran a a teen drop-in center, there was a family of about seven, eight kids who would stay till we closed, and they ranged in age from actually five, which was way too young, to 16, 17. And one day the 16 or 17-year-old said to me, you know what I really wish for? I said, what do you wish for, Eric? He said, I wish my mother cared enough to set a curfew for us. As long as we're home at some point in time, she doesn't care what we do, where we go, anything else. I wish she set a limit.
1: Mm. Oh. oh my gosh.
7: And the, teens want that. Teens they may so verbally say want the that. opposite, but they do want it and they need it. And when you have teens who never set limits, Tara, you end up having a lot of millennials and others who don't know how to properly behave as adults in the workplace or in social situations.
1: They have no self-regulation skills. It's so funny because, you know, the whole um, vandalism thing I was just telling you about? Yeah. Yeah. When we were leaving last week we were sitting in the airport and I got a phone call from a resident cuz I'm on borough council and she said that they'd struck again they painted up my whole alleyway my neighbor's port, my neighbor's garage and it was very blatant and it was in a well lit area and I hung up the phone and I looked at my kids and I said now they're at the point that they want to be caught Yep and I, my sons like why would they want to be caught and I said because they're doing it for attention They're crying out for attention. They want to be watched.
7: That's right. And and they figure that even if they get caught... The odds are nothing major is going to happen because you have, like, the parents in a Connecticut community this past year. The kids, as part of a senior prank, broke into the school, totally vandalized, smashed computer equipment, spray painted the hallways, did all sorts of damage. And the parents said, they were just being kids. Don't (laughs) punish them. And the judge agreed, and the school didn't press charges. And what lesson did that ever teach anybody? Nothing. 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 Uh, and and parents don't teach, and that's the that was the main impetus for this book, you know. It's 500 plus pieces of one to three sentences of advice, geared to the teen for basic life skills they need, and for parents to have a vehicle to open up discussions, because kids don't get taught either at home or in school or in religious settings much anymore. Basic life skills, like one of the things it says, every family is dysfunctional. Get over it, because yes. the reality is. Some people have it worse off than others, but it's never an excuse for your own bad behavior. It may explain part of why you're doing what you're doing, but you always have the ability to work through it. There's always resources available if you want it. You know, mm-hmm. parents don't. parent, and kids need to learn these lessons somewhere. From some it's, sort. So true.
1: it's so true. And my husband sees it too. He's in a position of hiring and firing. Um, and he's an engineer. So these are educated people. And he talks to me all the time about he's seeing millennials coming into these job environments. And they're getting fired for not doing their job. And they're like, eh, I didn't really like it anyway.
7: Well, Th- but part that, part that goes into parents don't let their kids fail. In my opinion. Ev- one of my main pieces of advice for parents, Tara, is make sure your teenager, especially if they're highly skilled ones, make sure they fail. And by that, I mean if you have the kid who's a 4.0 grade average and has never gotten a B or perished the thought of C in their life, number one, they have no empathy for the student who struggles to make that C. Number two, it's easier for them to bully and pick on kids who they think are dumb or dumber than they are. And the next part of reality is when they go off to college, you read all these stories in the media about these students panic because they're always smarter than they are, and, and they don't know what to do with it. So they think, all right, I'll leave this college. I'll go find another one where I'll be the smartest kid or the best engineer or the best whatever, without realizing you have to learn basic skills and the realities of life.
1: It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, when parents are are trying to sit in on interviews, college interviews with their kids, oh, you gosh, know we've got oh, a problem.
7: Oh, those are the helicopter parents. It's like <laughs> one of the things in the book says, although your parents spoiled you, the rest of the world will not. And helicopter parents, you know, they're well-meaning. But you know what? They end up raising Adults who and, – and I have a close relative who was always pampered as a child and as a teenager and as an adult, basically had no basic independent living skills. And once her parents passed away, she couldn't function well in the real world mm-hmm. because she was never allowed – to grow and stumble and fall and succeed on her own without a parent sitting in the interview or, or who did their laundry every weekend or who did all the food shopping all the time or if they overspent their budget, gave them more money instead of saying, well, too bad. Now you're going to have to do without for a week or two until your next you know, money comes through.
1: You know, I think uh, we talked in the previous interview a little bit about how we had jobs when we were, you know, 15, 16 years old, we got a job. And now kids are so stressed with their extracurricular activities and their homework and everything else that they really don't have time for a job. If it with my boys. I can tell you the best thing that the thing that I want more for them than anything is to get a job so that they are forced to listen to somebody else and they're forced to take direction from somebody else and they're held accountable if they're late. And, you know, there's so many things that I, I think that, you know, when we're when we put our kids in sports and then we yell at the coaches for not giving them enough playing time or for coaching in a way that we don't like, the sport is no longer serving them.
7: That's right. It's well, not you know, teaching them. One of the things in the book says, try learning to play well with others because most of your life you need to, if only to get what you want out of life. Exactly. These are lessons that kids, as you pointed out, Tara, don't get taught. They need to learn. So the book decided, you know, kids aren't going to read Psychobabble. They don't need to. You don't need to hear a bunch of lectures. People want bottom-line advice. That's why there's 500 pieces of advice geared for the teen, but the parents can use it again. But, you know, teens are allowed to misbehave. They're allowed to unwimp it because the parents either monitor them so closely that they rebel or they don't give a crap and let them do whatever they want.
1: Exactly.
7: It's, you know, it's, moderation it's... is always the key to almost anything in life, I think.
1: It's so funny because we were um, we were just on a trip with our family and we went to um, we went to rent a car. Right. And it's it's amazing how other cultures handle their children. It's it's so inspiring to me. So this dad and his boy walked in behind us and they were waiting for us. So the kid, the dad told the kid to sit down on the chair and it was one of those beautiful white peacock back chairs. Right. So the kid sits down and immediately pulls his feet up onto the cushion and the woman stops us. We're in mid-conversation and she looks at the boy – she looks at the dad and waits for the dad to say something. He doesn't say anything. So she looks at the boy and she goes, get your feet off the seat, boy. And the kid looked at her like, did you just say that to me? Like nobody ever talks to me like that. And the dad was completely stunned. Like his jaw hit the floor – but she startled him. She said it much more stern than what I just said. I just didn't want to boom over the mic at you. But she, after she said that, she looked at him and she said, Son, the reason you can't put your feet on the seat is because your feet were in the dirt. And people don't want dirt on their butts when they sit on my clean seats. Yep. And it was like, it was one of those things where, yes, she was stern. Yes, she called the kid out and it wasn't her own kid. But he learned something from her.
7: But, you and know, we parents- don't do that. Parents don't parent. At one point, I was doing a sales job part-time for some additional income, and I was in in this retail store in the mattress department, and there's a 10-year-old jumping up and down on a $6,000 mattress that's motorized and whatever. Ask the kid to get off, won't. So I finally, like, if you don't get off, I'll have to have someone, you know, Escort you out of the store because there was no adult around. Suddenly, a father comes out of the woodwork saying, "Don't you talk to my kid like that!" And you know what? I'm going to got right in my face. I'm going to punch you right here and now. And I oh said, my to, God. "I said, take your best shot." And he just turned around and left. But there was no sense of what was going on in in the terms of how you live in a society.
6: Yeah.
7: You, and, know, you know,
1: uh, it's, we've, we've, we're, we parent on an island. I say this all the time. We have become the generation of parents who parent on an island because nobody tell me how to parent my babies. And yep. now kids don't know how to, how to handle social situations with adults well, what? because there's they've no, never had to.
7: There's no respect. When my sons were, were much younger, they're in their late 20s now, some of their friends from elementary school would try and call me rough. And I'd say, excuse me, I'm Mr. Irving. And another parent said, oh, they always call us parents by our first names. I said, you know what? I said, I'm not their peer. I'm not Mm -hmm. their playmate. I'm their elder. And to this day, I have a neighbor who is now in his mid-20s who always addresses me by Mr., even though, you know, he addresses other people in the neighborhood by first name because he knows I expect that level of respect, and he gives it to me
1: absolutely because we get what we expect oh thank you so much i can't believe we're out of time your book is wonderful it's called teens improve your life don't overlook the obvious by russell irving parent nation check it out it's an awesome book we're going to put the information up on the parent nation facebook page as well as all our other information and we invite you all to go there and chat with us and keep in touch and i'm going to be on sabbatical but i'll come back and let's keep the conversation going in the meantime parent nation Until next time, everybody. Keep playing. Parent nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling?